First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength for my work. I thank him for considering me worthy and appointing me to serve him. Even though in the past I spoke evil of him and persecuted and insulted him, but God was merciful to me because I I did not yet have faith. And so I did not know what I was doing. And our Lord poured out his abundant grace upon me and gave me the faith and love which are ours in union with Christ Jesus. And this is a true saying. To be completely accepted and believed. The Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I'm the worst of them. But God was merciful to me in order that Christ Jesus might show his full patience in dealing with me, the worst of sinners. As an example for all those who would later believe in him and receive eternal life. To the eternal king, immortal and invisible, the only God, to him be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. Wow, it it doesn't get any less nerve-wracking when you come... Is that a word? Less nerve-wracking? You know what I mean. So, okay. Oh, my glasses. Um, Oh, I might be able to manage without, I don't think... Oh, I'll manage without. Okay. I I did bring them. Um, Okay, so, we're reading from... Thank you um, for reading uh, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 12 to verse 17. So in this passage, Paul um, is giving his glory to God for his grace and his mercy. He's showing um, how thankful he is. And um, actually, when I first became a Christian many moons ago, I thought if it was called Timothy, if a book were called Timothy, Timothy obviously wrote it. And that's just how I thought. And it wasn't until I started to read the Word and read the Bible that I soon realised that actually Timothy didn't write this book. It's a letter from Paul, and Paul's writing this to Timothy. And then I soon realised as well that Paul actually wrote quite a lot of these books in the New Testament. Um, So, yeah, so just to give you a bit of background, really. um, So this is a letter from Paul, and he's writing it to Timothy, and he kind of sees Timothy in um, high regards. He sees him as like a son in the faith, if you like. Um, And the verse I particularly wanted to concentrate on was verse 15. And just to give you a bit of a background on uh, Paul, just in case, I mean, I know most of you will know, but just in case um, you don't. um, So Paul was a Pharisee. 
before he became a Christian, he was called Saul. Um, he was a Pharisee. He was a Jew. He was a Hebrews of all Hebrews. He was a really religious leader. He was a scholar. And um, what Paul was doing was, um, so basically, he actually thought what he was doing was right. Paul was going into village, into town, hunting down the Christians, persecuting them, killing them, putting chains on them, throwing them into prison. Um, and he actually thought what he was doing was right at the time until one day he went on the Damascus Road and he got blinded by a light um, and he was blinded for three days. And that's when Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, what are you doing? Saul, 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 what are you doing? These Christians you are killing are true followers of me. They're my people, they're my Christians. I don't want you to do that. And Jesus spoke to him and told him to go and um, see somebody called Ananias three days later. His companions had to take him because obviously he was blind. And Ananias prayed for him. And that's where I believe the gospel came alive to him. That's where I believe he, he changed from his ways and he wanted to follow Jesus and he got converted. And the transformation in him was amazing. And um, I wanted to concentrate on verse 15. So verse 15 is, um, this is a true saying, and everyone should believe it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I was the worst of them all. So basically, um, where it says this is a true saying, um, I believe it was kind of like a trustworthy saying, if you like, the bit where it says Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. In the early church, I think it was like a trustworthy saying. A bit like today, you might hear people say, oh, the Lord moves in mysterious ways. God moves in mysterious ways. Even non-Christians use that. Um, You might hear it on the telly or something. And, um, yeah, but what I like about this verse is um, where he says, I was the worst of them all. This is Paul's reaction to that verse. And in one translation, it says... um, I was the chief of all sinners. I was the chief of all sinners. I was the worst of them all. He's recognizing it. And the first verses before it, it actually says, I've not got my glasses, sorry. How thankful am I to Christ Jesus, our Lord, for considering me trustworthy and appointing me to serve him. Even though I used to scoff at the name of Christ, I hunted down his people. He hunted them down harming them in every way I could. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how kind and gracious the Lord was. He filled me um, completely with faith and the love of Christ Jesus. This is a true saying. This is a verse what stick, you know, which stands out to me. And everyone should believe it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I was the worst of them all. I was the chief of all sinners. But that is why God had mercy on me, so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of the great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Glory and honor to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. And... um, so I've got three headings. So um, my first one is Christ Jesus, who, who he is, Christ Jesus, where he came from, and Christ Jesus, what he came to do. So Christ Jesus, who is he? So Christ Jesus, um, Christ is just the New Testament word for the Old Testament word, Messiah. 
I personally think, so Christ, the name, you hear people say Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ. I, I, I kind of see the word Christ not as um, a name, if you like. I kind of see it as a title, as an office. Um, so, for example, you guys call me Debbie. Some of you call me Debs. That's me. That's who I am. Um, but Jojo and Leah, who are my daughters, they call me Mum or Mummy. Sometimes when they cross, Mother, Mother, where are you? You know. So, and that's my title. Um, many people have letters after the names and are doctors and teachers and da 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 da. I'm just a mum, but that's okay, I'm happy to be a mum, I've always wanted to be a mum, and that's my title, if you like, and I kind of see Christ as like an office, as a title. Um, So Christ, Christ means Messiah, Christ is the Messiah, Christ is the anointed one, he's our saviour, he's the son of God, he's the son of man, he's our mediator, a mediator is a person who is a go-between, someone who brings us together, um, one who stands between God and man. And Paul also tells us in 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. So when you speak of Christ, you speak of a unique being. There's never been anybody like him and nor can there be. And that is why there is no salvation outside of Christ. So my second heading, Christ Jesus, where he came from. So where did he come from? He came from heaven. He was born into this world as you and I are born. But yet his birth was completely different. Um, Before we were conceived, we didn't exist. He has always, always existed. He is the son of God. He was born of a virgin. Um, he came into the world from another world. He came from heaven. And um, I just want to look at a verse in Matthew 1, verse 21. If I can find it. Um, so, yeah, so basically, in this passage, um, it, it, where it says he was born of a virgin, I mean, the whole miracle and the whole greatness of the virgin birth, I mean, uh, this what I'm going to read now is where Joseph finds out that Mary is um, pregnant and he's wondering whether he should go ahead with the marriage. Um, and he goes to sleep that night and an angel visits him. And I don't know about you, but when you see the kids every year acting out the nativity, it's wonderful, it's lovely. And when I'm reading the books to my kids at home, the kind of, the pictures are all cartoon characters. And in your head, you kind of see it, well, I do, a cartoon story, if you like, you know. But when you actually read it, it's amazing. It's like, wow, um, I haven't got my glasses, so I hope I can read it okay. As he considered this, he fell asleep, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for For the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the bit there is, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. So he was born of a virgin, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, so yes, he came into this world like me and you were born, but it was completely different, completely different. He came into this world from another world. He came from heaven. And he tells us what he has seen and what he has heard. And in John 1, verse 18, it says, I came from the the Father, from the heart of the Father. No one has ever seen God but his only Son, who is himself God. 
is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. And it reminds me of a verse in a hymn. uh, it's one of my favourite hymns, actually, and can it be? And I love every verse in that hymn. But it reminds me of this particular verse. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself all but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free, for, oh my God, it found out me. So I just feel a bit dry, sorry. So Christ Jesus, where he came from, why did he come? He came to seek and to save the lost, to reveal God to us. So his mission and his purpose was to save us from all of our sins. And this is why I love that verse, verse 15. This is where Paul is bringing his testimony, um, where he tells us he is the chief of all sinners. He was the worst of them all. He was recognizing, he recognized his sinful nature. He recognized what he was doing was wrong. And he left it there. And um, sometimes, though, because I mentioned before that, like, he was a religious leader, he was a Jew. He, you know, he, he actually thought before that happened that what he was doing was right. And sometimes we can think we're serving God, but yet we can be doing quite the opposite. And um, I think I've told you before in Birkenhead, I was in my mid-20s, early 20s. And I thought I was in the Lord's will. I was serving God. I was, you know, and I, and, but it wasn't until I got to about 25, 26, God really clearly spoke to me and said, Deb, do you know what? That relationship you're in isn't right. Yes, we were both Christians. I thought, how can it not be God's will? We're both Christians. But God was clear and it wasn't right for him and it wasn't right for me. And he made it quite clear. But I thought I was in his will, but I obviously wasn't. And sometimes we can be serving God, and yet we might not be doing what he wants us to do. And this is where I feel Paul was at. And um, and also, like, because he was a religious leader, because he was zealous, like, before he got it, before he understood. I mean, I personally believe it's so much more than just believing. He had the head knowledge. We can have all this head knowledge, but not have it in our heart. And um, it re- it reminds me of my brother, actually. Um, I know I've told you before about my brother as well, bless him. Um, he does believe. I can't pray for him without crying. He does believe. He's told me he believes, but unfortunately he doesn't want to follow. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He'll say to me, Deb, you know what? That's for you. That's for you. That is not for me. It's for you. But about two months ago now, we usually go to my mum's on the Sunday for Sunday lunch, and Stephen comes every other Sunday. And he came in, and he was like... Um, a bit showing off, you know, and uh, he was half serious, half taking the mickey and showing off. And he said, Dad, guess what? The other day at work, I was witnessing for you. You'd be dead proud of me. I was witnessing for you. And uh, I was like, okay, what did you say? And everything, everything he said was bang on, everything he said. But he was kind of taking the mickey. I knew he was taking the mickey and I just ignored it. And... Um, And it's such a shame, it's such a shame because he's got the head knowledge. He probably knows Revelation more than I do. He knows a lot more than I do. When you speak to him, it's like, wow. 
But yet, he, he doesn't want to repent of his sin. He doesn't want to say, Lord, I want to start with you. Unfortunately, he's got the head knowledge, but he hasn't got it here. And it's so much more than just believing. It's it's about having a relationship. It's about knowing him. It's about having a personal relationship with our Lord. And it is about repentance as well. It says in Luke 24, verse 7, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Acts 2 verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And in James 2 verse 19 it says, The devils believe and they tremble. The devils believe but yet they shudder. How scary is that? You know, the devils believe, but yet they tremble. So I honestly believe it's so much more about head knowledge. It also says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this is why I love verse 15, um, where he says, I was the chief of all sinners. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And I was the chief of all sinners. I was the worst of them all. Paul's recognising what he did was totally wrong. I mean, in a few chapters before what we're reading, I think it's a few chapters before, he, he agrees, he condones that um, a guy called Stephen can be stoned to death. I mean, how do you live with something like that? You know, how do you live with that? Um, and it also reminds me as well, um, sorry, I'm giving you lots of examples this morning. I'm going off on a tangent. Um, so, <laughs> so, they, so there was a girl in work, uh, probably 23, 24, early 20s again. I used to work in a nursery in Birkenhead. And there was a lovely lady, she worked with us, and she was probably similar to my age. Unfortunately, I'm not in touch with her anymore. And um, she didn't believe in God. She didn't believe in anything. She just believed, you came into this world, you've got to do the best you can, do good. And that was it, really. Um, but she was a lovely, lovely natured girl. She had a lovely disposition. Um, she she did loads of charitable work. Uh, she would run marathons. She would help the homeless. She didn't just help one particular charity. She would, ha- you know, she'd do stuff for different charities. And um, and basically, you'd never hear a lie. You'd never hear a swear. You'd never hear her talk about anybody. Sometimes you'd have a bad morning at work and you'd go upstairs into the staff room and you'd be moaning to your friends or to your colleagues and you'd be like, oh, such and such. They've been so lazy today. They haven't done this or they haven't done that. And she would never join in with any conversation like that. And sometimes you just wanted to vent and, and you know, and she would actually walk out or she would actually say, I, I don't want to hear. Can you not tell me? And sometimes you didn't want her to join in. You just wanted her to listen because you wanted to have a moan. And, um, but this, I noticed about this particular lady, she never did anything like that. She never, she was one of those people who you loved, but you couldn't falter. You couldn't falter on anything. And one day we was having a discussion on what we believe in and she asked me what I believed in. And when I mentioned sin and I explained what sin was, she just couldn't get it. She she just didn't get it because she was like, Deb, no, you just come into this world, you do the best you can for people, you help people, and then that's it. I'm not a sinner. I don't I've not done anything wrong, she said. I I do da 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 I do this, that and the other. And she couldn't see she was a sinner. And I tried to explain that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have, you know. Um, Surely there must be something somewhere in your life where you've not done something right or you've done something wrong. And she just couldn't get it. And I believe um, Paul 
was a bit like this. And there's other people in the Bible as well who was a bit like that, like Nicodemus. He didn't get it. He was a, he was a religious leader too. He was a scholar, just like Paul. He was like a Jew and had all the head knowledge. Two people here where they've got the head knowledge and they didn't get it until one day Nicodemus actually said to Jesus, I don't get it. How can you be born again? It doesn't make any sense. I can't be born again from my mother's womb. And Jesus had to explain, no, 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 that's not what it's about. It's about being born again in me. It's about starting a new life with me. Say sorry, leave your past behind over there and come over here and start afresh with me. And it's so much more about head knowledge. And I don't know where you are this morning and looking around and most of you believe and maybe all of you do, um, you know, but maybe, maybe there is somebody here this morning who, I don't know, maybe it's your first time, maybe it's the first time you've heard this, or maybe you've been like me and you've been brought up in church and that's just what you had to do. You came along because your parents brought you and that's what you do. But you know what? I can't get into heaven on my mum and dad's merits, on my parents' belief. I've got to work out my own salvation. I've got to have that own relationship with Jesus. I, I want, you know, and I just want people to know, just like when the gospel came alive, in Paul. I want to see the gospel come alive in my friend's hearts, in my brother's life. I'd love to see the gospel come alive in my brother's heart. I would love to see the gospel come alive in Vosindale Valley. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, all I want to say is, just later, when you go home, maybe, I don't know, in your bedroom or whatever, maybe you're thinking, you know what, I I want to know what Debbie's talking about. I want to know more. God, if you're real, if you're there, just reveal yourself to me and I can guarantee you'll come and show up. And it's so, I'm not saying the Christian life is perfect because it isn't. It's hard. It's tough. It's hard, but it's so wonderful to know that you've got Jesus with you every minute of the day. And whether you're going through bad times, good times, you can even be on the toilet crying, Lord, help me. I need you in this situation. Come and help me. He will be there and he will open up to you. Thank you for listening.